Hello America, it's been a while. This is Russian Embassy speaking, presenting you another issue of its weekly newsletter podcast, edition number 158. President. Interview with Russia TV channel. Question. The entire world is watching the final stage of the U.S. presidential race. Whose position in this race trumps or Biden's appeals to you more? Vladimir Putin. Positions of presidential candidates in any country, including a great power such as the United States, must be assessed by the voters. In this particular case, by the people of the United States. We are the onlookers. We do not interfere in the process. What I can say about the exchange of tough statements and even direct accusations, it is a proof of standard of political culture, or the lack of thereof. Speaking of preferences, what can I say? Uh, We know that the incumbent President Trump has repeatedly expressed interest in the improvement of Russian-American relations. And we certainly appreciate that very much. From the very beginning, when he said so during the first iteration of the fight for the White House, we certainly heard him. But we must look objectively at what has been happening in recent years. Yes, indeed, we have achieved a lot of bilateral on bilateral basis, I must say this. Without having to list all the positive steps we have taken to build Russian-American relations, I can say that we have taken quite a few. But the intention that President Trump spoke about earlier have not been fully real- realized. I believe that this is largely due to a certain bipartisan consensus on the need to contain Russia, to curb our country's development. Moreover, as they say, this is a comprehensive position which means containment on all tracks. This is my first point, and this, as we understand it, essentially limits the current administration. Meeting with Chief of General Staff of Russia's Armed Forces Valery Gerasimov. Valery Gerasimov. At 7.50 a.m. on October 6, the frigate Admiral Gorshkov, deployed in the White Sea, for the first time fired a Zircon hypersonic cruise missile at a sea target in the Barents Sea. The goal has been achieved. The test firing has been declared successful. The missiles destroyed the target in a direct hit. The missile covered a distance of uh, uh, 450 kilometers. The maximum altitude of the trajectory was 28 kilometers. The flight lasted 4 and 5 minutes. The missile reached the hypersonic speed over 8 Mach. Following the state test, the Zircon system will be deployed on submarines and surface ships. Vladimir Putin The Zircon project, at the stage and you have reported today, the successful test fight of the missile, a major event not only for the armed forces, but also for the nation as a whole. Supplying our armed forces, the army and the navy, with the most advanced armaments that have no analogs in the world, will reliably ensure national defenses for a long time to come. The success of this project, as we are all well aware, is the result of the hard work of our scientists, engineers, talented workers and military professionals. It is an important stage in the provision of the advanced armaments to our armed forces. Invest in Russia. Visit Open Innovations 2020. 
The annual Open Innovations Forum has been held in Moscow since uh, 2012 under the aegis of the government of the Russian Federation and is considered to be a unique discussion platform for participants in the development of innovation ecosystem. The forum's main goal is to develop and commercialize new technologies, promote global tech brands and create new tools for international cooperation in innovation. The program includes plenary sessions and team sessions and exhibition, educational events, seminars and master classes, innovative shows, business meetings and of course informal networking. This year as a key event in the field of technological entrepreneurship development will be held in an online format. The key topic of the forum will be the post-COVID world order. We will discuss how our understanding of technological priorities has been transformed under the influence of an external threat. Can we change and do we have a chance? Foreign Ministry Baku and Yerevan agreed to ceasefire in Nagorno-Karabakh after negotiations in Moscow. After 10 hours of negotiations in Moscow, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov stated that Armenia and Azerbaijan agreed to ceasefire in Nagorno-Karabakh from October 10 in order to exchange of prisoners and bodies of the killed. A ceasefire has been announced beginning from uh, 12 a.m. on October 10, 2020 for humanitarian purposes for the exchange of prisoners of war and other detainees and bodies of the dead to be meditated in accordance with the criteria of the International Committee of the Red Cross, the statement said. According to the statement, Baku and Yerevan agreed to start substantive talks on Karabakh conflict. The Republic of Azerbaijan and Republic of Armenia with the mediation of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs on the basis of the basic principles of the settlement begin substantive negotiations with the aim of achieving a peaceful settlement as soon as possible, Lavrov stated. The joint statement cited by Lavrov said that specific parameters of ceasefire in Nagorno-Karabakh will be agreed on separately. The statement also said the sides committed to help informants of talks on Karabakh unchanged. Russian-US talks on strategic stability and arms control in Helsinki. A regular meeting was held in Helsinki on October 5 within the framework of the Russia-US strategic dialogue. Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Rybkov represented Russia and his American counterpart was US Special President Show Envoy for Arms Control Marshal Billingsley. They continued the discussion on the current stage of bilateral interaction in the sphere of arms control and its prospects. The Russian side informed its American colleagues about our views on a new strategic equation that would take into action the most important aspects of national security and strategic stability. We again called on the United States to extend the New START treaty without any preconditions while we are coordinating such an equation. We believe that uh, this should be done for the longest possible period, that is, five years. Russia's position presented in Helsinki continues the balanced foundation for further efforts. We hope that the American side will analyze our proposals in a constructive manner and will accept them. However, it would be premature to say that we have made a big step towards a tangible result. There is still much to be done to bring our positions closer together and to find possible points of agreement. We are ready to do this. In space we trust. First Russian reusable rocket presented by Roscosmos. 
Roscosmos is thrilled to share the concept of Russia's first reusable methane-fueled rocket Amur. The launch is targeted for 2026 from the Vostochny Cosmodrome. Expected payload to the uh, LEO is uh, 20 and half tons and 10 and half tons when the first stage is recovered. The launch cost 22 million dollars. <laughs> Comment by the Information and Press Department on the developments around Alexei Navalny. We noted the fairly predictable and prompt response with which German officials agreed to the publication of a report on the results of a study on Alexei Navalny's biomaterials on the organization of the prohibition of chemical weapons website. These results were received shortly before, probably timed to the beginning of the OPCW Executive Council session. Thus, this essentially fantastic story initiated at Berlin's uh, promote. Uh, prompting by its Euro-Atlantic allies, in cooperation with the heads of the OPCV Technical Secretariat, received a continuation under the pre-planned conspiracy scenario. Following the military laboratories of Germany, France and Sweden, now another two laboratories appointed by the OPCV Technical Secretariat, which are judging by everything also linked to the military political structures of the Euro-Atlantic community, have confirmed the presence of certain um, chloristinase inhibitors in um, Navalny's biomaterials. It is stated that these inhibitors are similar to, in their structural characteristics to two chemicals controlled by the Chemical Weapons Convention, but as distinct from them are not included on its lists. The Russian Federation intends to distribute its vision of the situation on Germany's cooperation with the OPCV at the current session of the Executive Council. It will present the chronology of backstage manipulations by the main actors in display to the participants of the Chemical Weapons Convention. We would also like to remind you that the inquiries sent by the Prosecutor General Office of the Russian Federation to the German authorities in accordance with the 1959 Europe and Convention on Mutual Assistance in Chemical Matters remain unanswered and are supposedly still under review. We hope the upcoming efforts of the Russian specialists and their OPCV colleagues will make it possible to develop calm, depoliticized cooperation and avoid further escalation of tension around this issue. Embassy Russia is not trying to show its muscles by test launching the hypersonic race missile, Ambassador Antonov. Russia does not anticipate any significant breakthroughs in the relations with the United States regardless of the outcome of the November presidential election and believes only minor progress is possible, Ambassador Anatoly Antonov said on Wednesday in the 16 minutes program on Russia 1 federal television channel. I have to admit we should not expect any serious breakthroughs on the US-Russia track regardless of today's administration in the White House or the one that will be there after November 3, Antonov said. We have to be ready that it will require a lot of time to, stabilize, to stabilize US-Russia relations, to straighten these ties. And only then can we talk about the period of improvement of US-Russia relations. If we manage to achieve anything, this, of course, will be small but positive steps. Antonov underscored that the talks between the country's uh, presidents play a vital role in the stabilization of US-Russian relations. Recently. 
There have been seven telephone talks during which the issues were being solved and some concrete problems have been solved which allowed us here on the ground to implement President's agreements including in energy area and providing assistance to each other during the fight against the pandemic, the ambassador said. Antonov said that there is no morning that goes by in Washington without walking up to articles mentioning the name of Russian President Vladimir Putin and disagreements between Washington and Moscow. The ambassador also said both U.S. parties are using the topic of Russia to get votes in the upcoming elections. Russia is not trying to show its muscles by testing uh, hypersonic race missile, Tsirkon, Russian ambassador said. With Tsirkon, Russia does not try to show its muscles, or better say, rattle the saber. <laughs> Russian ambassador Anatoly Antonov's answer to a media question. How could you comment on U.S. Department of State media note regarding a training conducted by the U.S. to identify and respond to use of weapons of mass destruction for assassination? It states inter alia that uh, the Russian Federation is connected to Skripal poisoning. Referring to the analysis uh, by specialists from Germany, France and Sweden, allegedly confirmed by the technical secretary of the OPCV, the note speculates that Novichok nerve agent developed by the Soviet Union was used against Navalny. Ambassador Antonov The media note is another example of ungrounded accusations against Russia. We do not support megaphone diplomacy. We believe that such issues should be resolved via professional dialogue, particularly in the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons. We would like to remind that the U.S. is the only country still possessing the chemical weapons. We call upon our American partners to focus on complete elimination of their uh, CW stockpiles instead of replicating anti-Russian insinuations and conducting dubious trainings. World War II, we were allies. U.S. fighter jet adored in the USSR. Although the American P-39 failed to win hearts at home, in the USSR it became a real star. American pilots were not keen on the Bell P-23 Air Cobra. The fighter handled poorly at the high altitude where it had no escort by heavy B-17 Flying Fortress on bombing missions, and where the main air battles with the Luftwaffe on the Western Front took place. Not being sentimentally attached to the plane, the Western Allies supplied in large quantities to the USSR under the land lease program. In total, the Soviet Air Force received almost 5,000 such aircraft, more than half of the total number produced. The Soviet attitude to the P-39 was radically different. In air battles on the Eastern Front, typically at low and medium altitude, it was indispensable. The unusual design with the engine located behind the cockpit gave the aircraft ex excellent speed, maneuverability, aerodynamics and visibility. True, this also made it unstable and difficult to control, though that any mistake could lead to a stall. The Air Cobra was not an aircraft for novices, only for experienced pilots, which perhaps added to its appeal. That's all for today, thank you for tuning in and see you later next week.